0: The Investment Podcast, brought to you by M&G. This podcast is for investment professionals only.
1: Welcome to the latest M&G Fixed Income Podcast. My name is David Parsons and I'm joined once again by Richard Ryan, Lead Portfolio Manager for our Multi-Asset Credit Strategy within the Institutional Public Debt team here at M&G. Welcome, Richard. Thanks,
0: David. Good to be here.
1: There's been quite a lot going on this year. It's been a very challenging year for credit markets, uh, inflation rising to multi-decade highs. We've seen central banks responding with tighter policy and all this compounded with uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Obviously credit has been front and center for everything that's really been going on at the moment. I wondered, how do you see the investment environment for fixed income right now?
0: Well, David, I think the way to put it really is, is, is one of opposing forces. Um, And those forces being the economics, the fundamentals of the world around us, and the valuations that confront us in markets. And if you focus solely on the economics, then, you know, you would expect higher rates as flagged by central banks. You'd expect uh, that to lead to uh, weaker activity, potentially weaker earnings, all in the attempt to, to tame inflation. And if that was your sole focus, you'd really step away until until the macro picture resolved itself. But valuations have moved a very, very long way. Markets are pricing in significantly higher interest rates, You know, with the US peaking around 5% uh, middle of next year, the EU peaking somewhere around 3%, and, and the UK in the middle around 4.5% by the middle of next year bond yields have gone with that and they're reflecting you know that, that higher rate environment we've we've seen roughly two and a half percent of additional yield put on 10-year government bonds this year you know with the us now again around four percent german bonds around you know just above two and 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 the uk again in the middle of that you know, somewhere around the three and a half level and, and that move you know that two and a half percent of extra yield that, that's been put on those markets this year is akin to something like a you know 20 percent capital price fall on a 10-year bond. so you know a really significant valuation shift that's in some part been mirrored by credit spreads you know credit spreads have widened out as well and there's less uniformity to how they've widened out actually. so you know the Europe and the UK have, have probably done the most work with spreads triple B spreads maybe. 130, 140 basis points wider, and, and the US being somewhat more resilient, actually, and with, with spreads maybe moving half that around the kind of the 70 basis point mark. But that puts the UK and, and, and Europe at or close to the wides that we saw during the COVID pandemic back in Q1, Q2, 2020, and wider actually than previous risk episodes, like the 15, 16, growth, slowdown. We're not nearly as wide as we as we were in the financial crisis or the sovereign debt crisis of 11-12, but those were, were very particular environments that kind of called into question the survivability of the financial system or indeed, you know, large trading blocks like the Eurozone. But at these levels, severe defaults are priced in. And so we'd, we'd look at this and say at the aggregate level, credit spreads and credit looks to be an interesting asset class.
1: So how should investors be responding in this environment? Is now a good time to be building into risk? I mean, are we being sufficiently compensated for taking it at these levels?
0: Yeah, David, we certainly think so at the moment that now is a good time to, to be adding to risk in credit markets. A lot of bad news is priced in, and that means that for credit to continue to underperform or credit spreads to continue to widen, we need new negative news to build on, on those expectations that are already there. but you know, if we we think about this, you know, relatively simplistically, you know, if spreads were to go back to five-year averages, so that's not not an outrageous ask, Um, it's not a heroic assumption, but it just says that, you know, valuations are reasonable where they are today and you're being compensated for risk. Well, if those spreads go back to five-year averages, then the excess returns that can be generated through credit, you know, begin to look really quite attractive. So those prospective excess returns uh, in Europe, you can easily generate 8 to 12 percent in triple B's or double B's, less so in the US where it's more like three to five percent. and that's just a reflection of how far credit spreads have gone in Europe versus versus those in the US. I guess the other thing here is that each each sell-off, each episodic sell-off in the market is different. Um, you have a different driver different impacts on sectors, uh, different outcomes as a result of that, and, and therefore different opportunities. And, you know, this time around, that inflation fighting move by central banks to raise rates, change that cost of funding, you know, bring economic activity down, has really highlighted a couple of a couple of areas of the marketplace, which you know, we certainly think look look attractive areas like financials held back by a heavy weight of issuance, concerns over exposures to weaker parts of the economy. Although we we would point out the positive impact of higher interest rates here, and you know senior spreads on you know European banks have more than doubled this year. They've gone from about eighty basis points to you know over two hundred first rank of subordination here with lower tier twos have gone from about 130 basis points to something like 340 so you know over 200 basis points of spread widening and these types of spreads were last available at the depths of the COVID pandemic induced sell-off in q1 q2 2020 other areas but but also interest rate sensitive are things like real estate here the the impact of of higher rates on on long-term valuations you know is is important and, and that sector has sold off really aggressively this year and, and, and not only are spreads, you know, well beyond where they were in in the depths of the COVID pandemic, but, but also um, the differential to, for example, triple B rated industrials uh, are at levels that were only surpassed in the financial crisis in, in you know, to, uh, 2007 to 2009. But you don't need to necessarily go into those areas that are interest rate sensitive to, to pick up opportunities, longer spread duration assets in industrials and in utilities, uh, where they sit outside of the marginal buyers remit. And, and these marginal buyers are people like central banks who aren't profit motivated, passive investors, rule based investors, You know, maybe uh, ETFs, buy and maintain, et cetera, where. You have a concentration of flow into relatively narrow areas of the marketplace. So if you looked at, for example, U.S. issuers that issue in euros, well, you can pick up long dated assets for good quality issues. So there's a lot of opportunity out there to be had in the marketplace today. So we do think David, that it's a good time to be adding risk.
1: Doesn't sound to me like the opportunities are necessarily uniform, though. What are the the risks that investors need to be aware of in the current environment?
0: Yeah, I, I think as ever with credit, when you look at the marketplace top down, you can become uh, a little complacent, I guess, about, about that opportunity. And, and as I said, you're right, it, it, it's not uniform. So we have had over the last decade or so, uh, the involvement of, for example, central banks in marketplaces, but we've had the rise of passive investors, low-cost investors, um, you know, ones that are driven by by static rules that, that tend to focus their investments into quite narrow parts of the market. Maybe that's you know, single-A core non-financial industrials or, you know, uh, long-dated, single A, triple B, corporates and utilities in Sterling. Um, you know, these are viewed as as kind of core marketplaces uh, and they're viewed as low risk. And they may very well be low risk from a credit fundamental perspective. So from a default risk, they may be low risk. But actually, when you look at them, the spreads that are available um, are not overly attractive. Actually, some of those spreads are close to the tights that we've seen over the last few years. So in effect, what you're getting is, you might be getting something of reasonable quality, low default risk, but you're not capturing the opportunity in the marketplace. You're not capturing the cheap credit in the marketplace. Instead, what you're capturing is the expensive beta. So uh, ironically, the safer asset, from a credit perspective, might be, The riskier asset from a financial returns perspective and that that really talks to having a flexible approach or an or an active or a more active approach to this opportunity set here you know we think it's a good time to be building risk we think there's plenty of opportunity out there that's really really well priced and and attractively priced but it isn't blanket and therefore taking a blanket approach to it doesn't necessarily capture that so having the flexibility to pick and choose I think today is of critical importance to get those outsized returns and to get those excess returns over the next 12, 18 months.
1: So pulling it all together then, there are uh, certainly troubling times economically, but a lot of that bad news now is in the price. And looking ahead, pockets of value in the marketplace we can already identify uh, and potentially good entry levels to start to begin to grow risk. Uh, to build risk back into to positions from these kinds of levels, uh, and even if there is further volatility, it, you know it still seems to me what you're saying is that it's it's a good point to to start to accumulate risk, and if you get the opportunity to add risk at even more attractive levels, you're surely being compensated for the risk if that occurs. So from here, then perhaps the uh, the takeaway is maybe the next move in credit isn't necessarily all doom and gloom. Would you say that's a fair summation?
0: Yeah, I think that's spot on.
1: Excellent. Well, in that case, uh, I think I'll quit while I'm ahead. Thank you very much indeed for your time today, Richard. Greatly appreciate your thoughts and insight and look forward to the next podcast with you.
0: Thanks, David. For further information, please view the notes which accompany this episode. This podcast is for investment professionals only. The value of investments will fluctuate which will cause prices to fall as well as rise, and investors may not get back the original amount they invested. Past performance is not a guide to future performance. The information and views expressed should not be taken as a recommendation, advice or forecast.